Welcome to We Are The Watchers. This is We Are The Watchers Top 5 episode of 2022. Top of the day to you, Steph. Hello. Top of the day to you, Mick. Hello. Mick, we have not missed a single one of these since we started, right? Like since oh, it's so great. I look yeah. forward to every year. I'm um, getting together, chatting about the year that's been, recapping, racking our brains, trying to remember what we watched yes. in like January <laughs> yes. last year. You know, it's hard. Yeah. But it's great fun. And also going back, the the way I look at it is I go back through the Instagram account and look at the pictures. Oh, that- nice. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's- I didn't like that. That wasn't my pick. That was oh yeah, I did like that one. I put that on the list. So it's it's been it's been very good. But it's hard it's hard um culling them down and we always we always say it's a top five, but we always do honorable mentions. Mm. I did find this really stressful. Really? Because I I wrote an initial top five off the top of my head. Yep. And then I looked at it and I'm like, I don't know if I call them my top five. Really? So then I had to go through all my streaming services <laughs> and check what I had added to my lists or my stuff. And oh, you're then, organized. Well, I had to do it. This was a lot of research. And then I had to go through and check if it was actually 2022 or if I'm just really behind <laughs> the times with some things. And then my genres were too similar. So oh, then I had okay. to go and change things. Okay. All right. It's been a process, this wow. top five. Wow, sounds like it's taken you more than 10 minutes. It took me 10 <laughs> minutes. Mick, what's your process for the top five? Uh, there's a few things that just stand out, but then I always have a couple of spots where I'm just like rotating a whole bunch of shows around. Like, yep. I don't know what else can fill that top five, which is why honourable mentions are a great idea because you sort of get to mention them anyway. Um uh, controversially, Ooh. and I, we'll get to this, but there's something that I watched <laughs> yesterday that's going to oh, be in this list. I love so it. So it, it came out in the year preceding. Yeah. So it's, 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 you that's know, fine. Counts. it still uh, counts. It's, yeah, it, we'll get to it, but it's, uh, it, it jumped into my list last nice. minute. Let's nice. Nice. That's good. That might end up in, in a couple of other lists for 2023 then. Mm. You know, if you watch Good it night. in 2023, does it count or does it have to like, be released? I don't think we have rules, right, Mick? Rules we don't here, have them. Leah? I don't know. We don't have them. <laughs> how many years in and you don't have any rules? <laughs> we don't have rules. This is what we're like. This is what the top five's all about. All right. So, uh, Mick, what are your honourable mentions for 2022? All right. So a show that didn't quite sneak it in, but I, I might have even mentioned it in previous years, and I, I think I did. So it's already been mentioned. Uh, and it's the third and final season of Dairy Girls. Oh, which, yes. Well, you know, yes. I don't know if you two have, have any yes. clue or not. It's but the best show. It's <laughs> the so best great. show. So good. So maybe if, if you have mentioned it, we can talk about it a bit more later. But uh, I thought the third season was maybe not as great as the second season. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of little filler episodes which weren't, if they were being great, I think it would have made it top five, but it was a couple of just like felt like they were just treading water to get yes. to the end. Yeah. Um, but the way it rounded out, the second last episode, the last episode were, were just amazing, really well done. Uh, it's it's going to be so sad to have it gone. Have it finished. It is such a stellar show. If you haven't seen it, you've got to get onto it. It, it is more than laugh out loud. And it taught us all about rock the boat at weddings. <laughs> not only did I not know that song, but I didn't know it was a wedding song. And and I am going to an Irish wedding uh, this Saturday where we're going to do Rock the Boat. Believe it. it. Believe it or not, it's oh going to happen. Oh, so exciting. That is my dream now. <laughs> I can't wait as well. I've never done it before, but I'm so excited um, I mean, to learn the move. Apparently the moves, there's no set moves, right? It's not like wow. the nut bush. It's yeah, not like right. the nut bush where you have like a certain area. 
<laughs> how the rock the boat works is just the most confident person makes it happen. <laughs> Stop. And then everyone oh just God. follows them. There is it's no better. actual set it's moves. It's better than I thought Mick, it is was. it going to be you? Is it going to be you? <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've got all your wedding guests in their best attire sitting on the floor is brilliant. Brilliant. It's the best, can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really good. Got a watching suggestion? Email thewatcherspodcast at gmail.com. Steph, what's one of your honourable? Oh, do you have any honourable I have mentions? three. Okay, great. One, um, I'm pretty sure it was made in 2021, but I watched it you last watched year, it. and that's Nine Perfect Strangers. So, yeah. uh, Leanne Moriarty book made in Australia was it up in Byron around that area. Well, Mick can sort of oh, throw a little bit of Mick's info in on this one. <laughs> we did talk about this earlier in the episode, but yes, I do know the people who own the property where a lot of that show was filmed. Oh my goodness! Uh, so I know, but it's filmed in a couple of different places. Yep. Yeah, all up in Byron. But are you good friends with them? Like, are you going to go stay there? I've, I've been there. <gasps> <laughs> he just goes up and up in our ladder. Like. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Mick is the talk of the town, of all the towns. <laughs> the town. And he's rocking the boat of the Irish wedding in Byron. But honestly, that is a really good show. It's in- amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And um, I think it's really funny because when you first start watching that show, you think, Nicole Kidman is being weird. Like, mm. I don't really like what she's doing. She's being weird. And then after a while you're like, oh, no, that's the character. She's yes. doing it perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think what got me, yes, the scenery and the photography is beautiful, but I love the characters. They were all so cleverly written but cleverly cast mm, mm. and performed. Had you read the book? I have read the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, just as good. Yeah, and, right. You know, her work is Incredible mm. and has done what's the other one that, um, um, Big Little Lies, Big Little Lies, yeah. yes, yeah, I like that, show. that was like, good, you know, they're on a winning run with mm. that, yeah, definitely. So, that was my honorable mention. One uh, of well, I've only got one honorable mention because I decided to keep it short, uh, because I could go on, but my honorable mention was one that forced me to look at a franchise that I'd never paid attention to. And it was Prey, which is from Disney Plus. Uh, Although in Australia, the star star category or in America, I think it was on Hulu. And um, it is a prequel to the Predator franchise. Oh, interesting. And it's really, really good. So. I've been wanting to watch this. Yeah, so it's set hundreds, well, probably a couple of hundreds of years ago, and it's Indigenous American um, tribe. I'm trying to think of which one it was. So they, they, they have actual, obviously, Indigenous actors in there as well, but they're doing, they're speaking in that actual language. And the cool thing that, um, that Disney Plus did for, for, for this movie was, they gave you the version watching it with English subtitles because mm-hmm. they switch between English and, you know, there's French in there at a, at a certain point in time as well. But they they give you the option to watch it in English with subtitles or watch it in French or or even the Indigenous American language. language. Yeah, it's really, really cool. That's- I like that. That's a step up. Yeah, definitely. And it's a really good film. It has you on the edge of your seat. I was not looking at my phone, which is a big deal. Yes. <laughs> and I almost made the top five, but then I found something else and it, had, it got kicked off. 
<laughs> but I ended up watching Predator, which I'd never seen before. The first one with, you know, Arnie, get her to the chopper, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, knew, I knew the references and everything, but I'd never actually seen it before. And uh, I enjoyed watching both of them and understanding that they're both in that same mm. universe. Mm. Yeah, it was really cool. So neither of you have seen no, it. No, I'm not. And I now. love Predator. And I mean, I'm a whole school Arnie fan, you yeah, know. Yeah, right. Go to the chopper, you know. <laughs> I, I, I love Predator. So, yeah, I've got to go back and watch this for sure. Yeah, I think you'll probably enjoy it. Just if if you've seen more than one Predator film, I'm sure that uh, I reckon I've seen all the Predator films. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why go. I missed this. There you go. Oh, yeah. All right. Any other honourable mentions? You could, Steph. You said you got a couple. Mick, I do I have a couple. couple. Um, one that it wasn't going to make my list, but definitely honourable mentions, just because of the intrigue factor, was the show on Netflix called Inventing Anna. Which was a oh, drama yeah. based yeah. on I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah, the real life story of the New York socialite Anna Delvey, who basically swindled millions of dollars from New York society and created this whole life that was just fake and had everybody else paying her way as she globetrotted around the world in first class and private jets and all of that. Um, and that when I was watching it was when her court case was happening oh, in real life. Yeah, right. And the interesting thing about it is the research done behind the show was so spot on. There's an Instagram account that follows what Anna Delvey wore to her court appearances <laughs> and the outfits in the show, spot on. Really? Absolutely spot on. So it was a good one. I felt uh, the last few episodes got a bit slow and yeah. lost that magic of the intrigue. Is it because they didn't have that conclusion of the court case and the Probably, verdict? probably, mm. yeah. Mm. I love Julia Garner just from Breaking yes. uh, Sorry, no, uh, uh, What's the one she was in? Sorry. Uh, oh. With Justin, Jason Bateman and they're uh, like wandering money. Not Ozark. Oh. Ozark? Yes, Ozark, yep. yes. So Julia Garner's in Ozark and I love her in mm. that. Yeah. She did her accent in Inventing Anna, which is like really it's weird. It's really like, weird. And it's accurate. Like it's, it's actually accurate. Exactly. It's hard to listen to at first and then you realise she's she's nailed that. So how do you make a – so how do you recreate an accent that someone's sort of – Well, she was <laughs> pretending to be difficult. a German heiress from But not being very good yeah, at it, therefore heritage. she has to pretend yes. to be not good at it. Ooh. But also um, her co-star was Anna Clomsley. Who, from that? My Girl, from Veep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was the journalist who oh, was right, trying okay. to dig the story. Yeah, right. Um, Vivian oh, Kent. Yeah, yep. the journalist Vivian, Vivian Kent. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, and she was, I mean, I really like watching Anna Clumsley's work. So mm. She had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't say hello, you're yeah. a liar. Yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mick, what's one of your other honourable mentions? And look, I'm going to be uh, admit something here. And yep. it's, it, yep. You probably, you guys are going to laugh at me. I haven't finished watching Andor, and I know that it's probably in one of your lists. Well, I, it was on my honourable mentions. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, maybe it's not on anyone's list, but mm. I, I know from everyone saying it's like this amazing, most amazing Star Wars show ever made, and and I've watched about four episodes, and that I know it's about twelve. Yeah, and there's I'm, a I'm lot. loving it, and yeah. I, I know people are saying that you get to the third and fourth episode, it starts getting even better. So I'm just like, I'm starting to get really into yep. it. 
and I, and I always intended to finish watching the series before we did the top five <laughs> so I can <laughs> legitimately say and put it in there. But, um, yeah, I'm still working through it. So, yeah, loving it so far and I'm sure it'll, you know, it's worth watching because it's just so far so good. It, it's funny. I kind of did the same thing that, that you, you're doing except I, I did finish the season but uh, it, it took me a while, not because I didn't want to, but I, I wanted to savour it on, mm. when I was in the right mood yep. and when I was really feeling it and it is a really great um show and I know they've already planning that they're already planning extra seasons so I'm really looking forward to it but uh yeah it didn't make it on my um my top five just because I had so many others uh, but it Fair is enough. it is probably one of well it compare that to obi-wan which you know came out not around the same time, but you know, uh, yeah. it's it's much much better. It overtook everyone. I started watching everyone as well. Yeah, and then I stopped right. watching everyone. and started watching Andor. Yeah, no, so that's I haven't good. finished either of them, but uh, you know, Andor is definitely going to be finished before everyone. And isn't it interesting that they got extra episodes because I think all the all the other sort of uh, Disney Star Wars series have only gotten maybe eight to ten, and this one's mm. got twelve. So that's that's interesting. I think. Yeah. yeah, and I don't mind 12. Like mm. a lot of seasons nowadays are pretty short. Yeah. Um, but 12, like, is a good chunk and it yeah. Yeah. really gives them time to sort of feed uh, that story. So, mm. yeah, loving it. Yeah, definitely. Another honourable mention for you? Um, I'm actually wondering if my honourable mention might be on somebody's list. Mm, okay. So I'll I'll mention the name, but if it's on someone's list, we'll leave okay. discussion. All right, all but right. that is uh, White Lotus season All right, two. we'll leave that. Okay. We'll leave that for later. <laughs> I'll take that hint. <laughs> I just had a feeling it might yeah. be on someone's list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that is right. a good one. Uh, Mick, any more for you? or um... The only other one I want to mention, another show that I've probably talked about in previous years is The the Boys, the third season of The Boys. Mm, yeah. You know, amazing show. Still kicking goals. Still gruesome as ever. Still exploding <laughs> heads galore. But, um, you know, it's still, it's still up there for me and I can't – I just – want to see what happens next season like i just keep on getting dragged in yeah and it's almost like even before they finish a season they're already telling everyone oh don't worry there's another one (laughs) it's fine don't worry about it it's another show i do pace out a bit because i want it to last as long as possible yeah Yeah, stretch it until the next season comes out (laughs) yeah that's good tactics all right let's get into the proper top five For a visual representation of this audio, check out the Watchers podcast on Instagram. Steph, why don't you uh, kick off with your number five? My number five is uh, a show on Netflix called The Watcher. Now, it's not us. No, that's <laughs> the when watch. I first saw it, I was like, hang on a second. Have we commissioned by Netflix yet, Leah? I, I mean, oh, yeah, don't know why. Netflix, if you'd like to make a docker, it's <laughs> super interesting. Probably only make it to one season, though. <laughs> But The Watcher was a standout. Um, again, it was a show that set on a real story in New Jersey, and I think I spoke about it on the oh, podcast a couple I'd of weeks ago. I'd forgotten it was based on a real story. Yeah, and it has big it names. it was so weird. So weird. Naomi Watts, Jennifer Coolidge, the guy's name who I forgot last time. The I guy's name that she forgot. But also uh, Mia Farrow's in it, isn't Mia she? Mia Farrow's yeah. in it. Interesting story. You get sucked in pretty quickly and it does a lot of twists and turns that you sit there and you think, what? How how is this the show that I started watching? (laughs) But it keeps you hooked. It really does. Except, like a good true story, doesn't have an ending. Ah, right, okay. Oh, Oh, that explains why I saw a lot on Twitter, a lot of tweets saying, you know, it started off really strong and then sort of just 
you know, fell by the wayside by the end. You know but when that a story sense. finishes with a black screen and three sentences yeah, to basically yeah. say, we don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. All right, The Watcher. Yeah, I have been intrigued. But intrigued. I don't oh, know, that ending may, maybe is sort of. I've probably dampened it for you, but interesting story. Okay. All right. All right. Mick, what's your number five? All right. Well, I think we'll get it out of the way. Is the show the movie that I saw last night? Oh, okay. Which, good. 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 Uh, is is something that I think people should definitely. I don't know about you two, but yeah. I haven't been to the cinema much this year. Actual cinema, sitting in the cinema, watching a no. movie in the cinema with yep. popcorn, no. uh, and I miss it. And I really do. And so I was determined to get there during the holidays. Uh, so we went through the list of what was on and went. I don't know what's on. Let's mm-hmm. go just bang, bang, bang. Try and work them out. There's a movie called Triangle of Sadness, which has just come out. It sounds sad, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It makes you think that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's it's a movie that, you know, there's there's a real spate of films and and movies and TV shows at the moment which are portraying ultra-rich people and and letting us sort of observe them and laugh at them and see them, like, Mm -hmm. fall. Uh, And we'll talk about White Lotus later. (laughs) uh, Maybe another show there too. this is another one of those, and it's directed by a Swedish director, Ruben Ostland, who who's done a, a movie called the the Box, I think it was, no, the the Square, sorry, and okay. pro, something majeure. Anyway, he's a Swedish guy. I don't know Swedish movies. Sometimes they got funny Great. names, yeah. but this one's got um, it's still quite a Swedish themed movie, but it's based around ultra-rich people on a boat. And then what happens to them? It, it sounds like a really simple idea, but it's basically like a luxury yacht. You know those luxury yachts that go around yes. and people you never afford to be on one. Yeah. You're like a captain of the crew. There's like <laughs> hundred people looking after like twenty ultra rich Russians yes. and you know, mining magnates and whatnot. This is sort of looking at that sort of concept, but it's it goes really deep into uh the psyche behind the rich people and then the crew who are working for them. And then what happens when some of those roles are reversed? Um, mm. And it's it's visceral. Like this, there, there is a scene and there is a, a 15 minutes in this movie that you'll never, ever forget. And I'm not going to ruin it because I think people should watch it. But let me just say, do not go and see Triangle of Sadness with a queasy stomach. Okay. Or feeling a little bit sick oh. because there is vomiting. Okay. Uh, and there is a lot of it, and it is dirty and it's messy. They're on a boat, after all, in yes. a storm, and they're eating like fancy food. Oh no! And all of a sudden, things just turn to shit, like and literally, and it is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god! There are some scenes in this movie I I just didn't think I'd ever see on screen. Really? You know? Like it was full on. Um, so you, you so I had my hands like this, like not because I was scared, because I was like looking through my fingers and going, no, they, they're not doing this. They're I don't want to see. And they're doing it. And it was full on. So there's a, a big 15-minute chunk where they, you just see everyone getting sick and it's, and it's, it's like full on. Um, but there's also some really great music that goes along with it. And then I, 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 it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it because yeah, I, went, right. I went into this movie not knowing really anything yeah. about it. But part of the synopsis is that, yes, they do end up on a deserted island as well. Ooh, so think about okay. that sort of thing. Okay. And then what happens when rich people end up on a deserted island? Oh, mm. my gosh, this does sound really good. And you were just watching it like at a Hoyt's or a big or a Dendy. Oh, I was in the lounge at Dendy, you know. Ooh, uh, that sounds sweet. And all that, it was quite nice. And that, that was the thing, you know, like when I looked at the movies that are out right now, yeah. um, this one – 
pricked my ears up because yeah. it also won the Palm Dior at the Cannes Film oh, Festival. Oh yeah, right. Which, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good thing. Yeah, to win, yeah you know? decent win. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's doing some sort of like rotations around film festivals. Uh, okay. So it did actually come out like yeah. October last year. But, that uh, counts. Yeah. <laughs> it totally counts. Uh, I have a feeling that might be referenced later on in, yeah. in, in the top five. So that is Triangle of Sadness. That does, that sounds it like, sound yeah, I, I want to watch that one. Uh, my turn, turn now? All right. So this one is probably has probably for this season or this year, I should say, been my, my comfort watch. And mm-hmm. I, I just discovered it on um, Disney+. Plus. It was on Star. Mm-hmm. And it's called Abbott Elementary. And it's a comedy... Yep. Kind of like The Office in that sort of that mockumentary talk to the camera kind yeah. of thing. And it's based in a primary school, an <laughs> elementary school. In um, It's it's not a very well-off uh, school. In yeah. fact, they're always complaining about their budget and everything like that. But it's really funny in that y- y- it's so easy to watch a couple mm-hmm. of episodes and just go, hmm, yeah, I feel really good now. Yeah. Really. <laughs> mm, that's really good. And, uh, yeah, so I whizzed through the first season and then the second season um, came out and I missed the first – like I didn't know it had come out yeah. so I was able to like watch quite a few yes. of them until nice. I caught up because, like you know, you know, Disney and – over in the US. I actually it must be on Hulu. Yeah. They um they they release that kind of stuff weekly. So I was slowly drip fed yeah. it for from that day forward, but it was kind of nice to suddenly get some get through some part of the week and go, "Oh, there's probably an I've got an episode. That's probably an Abbott Elementary uh, episode out. And, uh, and for those feel-good shows, you don't mind having them drip fed. No, You're happy not to at just all. on a Thursday go, "Oh, Yes, yeah, like half an hour show. or something. Yeah. It's totally Love easy, it. totally yep. watch, uh, binge what worthy. And I, uh, I've, I don't know if I've spoken about it on. I probably have on the podcast or not, but it's, it's definitely one that I've kind of just kept going, going back to. And I tell you what, it's a good because uh, I've been doing it because it's, it's summertime, you know. Puzzle. It's a good puzzle. Mm. Uh, show to watch because you don't need to watch watch. Yes. You can kind of do your jigsaw puzzle, look up every now and then and then. But you're listening to the story you're, you're listening and it's to it. entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Follow The Watchers on Twitter at the Watchers Pod one Alright, we're up to number four now. Steph, what's your number four? Now this is a great segue from Mick's oh, one. Okay, great. This but is where Mick went this. to the cinema you know, and not just to Hoyts, but to a Dendi. It was a Dendi. It was good. My pick is very lowbrow, but I am happy to admit that I like reality television mm-hmm. and my favourite reality television at the moment is Below Deck. Mick. Great show. That is Great show. those luxury yachts. <laughs> You've got the mega rich people. There you go. Who are lost causes <laughs> being served by the crew who are lost causes. They all hate each other. They all hate each other and that's the beauty of it. And I was trying really hard to choose a franchise because there are a few of them now and I thought, how am I going to do this? So in my my heart of hearts I want to just say all below deck but I'm going to choose probably the moment that all audience of below deck were like, yes. It's Below Deck Sailing when Chief Stu Daisy and First Officer Gary had a drunken kiss in the spa and neither of them remembered the <laughs> next day. <laughs> and that, 2022, done. 
<laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> and re- I mean, that, that, that story really does kind of just encompass what the whole of Below Deck is. It's true. Yeah. It's I, true. I mean, I don't know how much Below Deck, I mean, obviously the work they're doing is seems real because, you know, they're having yeah. to deal with hospitality and, you know, make someone's bed and clean the toilet mm. and make sure that person has a coffee. And people are paying to go yeah, on these boats. they so- are actually because uh, I've, I've, I've actually spoken because I had a below deck down under and just by chance I happened to chat with a couple of people who were guests on below deck down mm. under. I didn't even know that they were, <laughs> that they had been on because they hadn't been out yet. And uh, they were approached by the producers to be on the show, mm. but they had to pay. They had to pay to be on, you know, to be on the boat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's expensive, right? Like, it's not, it's, it's so expensive. Really expensive. Like, um, like, is it like thousands? Oh, it's it's thousand. like thousands. tens of thousands. It's yeah, tens like of thousands. Per night, it's like a thousand bucks a night. Or yeah, something. it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think it's it would probably be ridiculous. even more than that. And they're expected to tip at the end. Yeah, because America. Yeah. And if you get, if the crew get a tip under 15,000 US, they're all rolling their eyes. and They're not happy. Yeah. As in each? No. No, no, no. no, no, no. To share, to yeah. share. Ah, so okay. But that's two days' work. The guests are only on for two nights. So yeah. Oh, wow. It's a lot of money. That is. So, yeah. But they probably get paid bugger all, right? So the tips yes. are what the main Yeah, that's what they're made. Yeah. But, you know, for six weeks I'd probably do that. But what I think is really funny about I'm that be show. terrible at it. But. <laughs> Can we see you on season 11 or whatever? <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> the stewardess who doesn't know what she's doing and <laughs> pretends that she's a guest. I'm just dying. <laughs> I'm just dying. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Yeah, I think it's really funny though at the end when they go, oh, thank goodness, I can't wait to f- have this charter finished. It's going to mm. be so good not working. I was like, what are you talking about? You're probably going to go straight to the next boat and do the exact same yeah. thing. Um, yeah. What do you – yeah, anyway. I mean, we're talking it down. It's a bloody awesome it's, show. It's really true. Below deck. I'm it's not going to ever stop talking about it. Just it's on it. It's just on every year. Them, yep, all yep, of them. Yep. Well, my number four is nothing like below deck. There are <laughs> <What> no. Is? <laughs> there are no boats. I mean, there, there's a boat sort of referenced, but there's no boats in it. It's called the English. It was on Amazon. It mm. Continues to be on Amazon, and it stars uh, Emily Blunt. She had a lot to do with it. Actually, uh, I think she might have been executive producer. But it's a. It's about an English lady and she uh, travels over to the new world, the wild, wild west of America, Uh, not really to to make it her home but to kill the man that killed her son. Revenge film, revenge film. Yeah, it's it's a series. Yeah, it's a series. I think maybe eight episodes, limited series. So the good thing is there's an ending to it, which is really good. If you've ever played Red Dead Redemption, and there are bits in it. Yeah, right. So there are bits in it where, you know, you're riding a horse and you're like, I don't care what the story is right now. I'm just really enjoying hanging out in the Wild West. Look at this. It's beautiful. Look at, look at this vista that I'm hanging out in. Uh, they really, like, heavily lay into that. Uh, but there's obviously a really heavy story going on there as well. But every encounter with people seems really super tense because you don't know in the oh. middle of nowhere – can you trust this person that's 100 metres away? Yeah, okay. And you're the only two people within yep. kilometres, you know, miles and miles, uh, and and you act like they are a threat until they're not or until they are. And do you as the viewer know what 
the person looks like that she's going yes. out for revenge. And does she know? Oh, no, sorry, not the person who's go- – no, no, you, you – it's very – they keep that a mystery okay, okay. For, for a lot of it. Um, you're not really sure exactly what's happened, what's, go- okay. what's gone on. Is there any connection to any of the people that we're mm. meeting during these, uh, these episodes? There are some really wild characters. Look out for a Welsh lady. She is something else, mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not a, it's not a show that you want to watch if you're – if you want just a bit of a laugh, it's a pretty it's a pretty serious show, okay. but it's really really good. And the relationship, the friendship between the two main characters is just in, insanely. Oh, it, there's so many layers in it. You just you feel like mm. this is real yeah, at nice. some yeah at some points in time. And honestly, I think it made me realize, even though it made me realize that I probably knew it before. Mm. That Emily Blunt is a phenomenal actress. She is wonderful. She's so good. And the fact that she was so deeply and heavily involved in in the making of this, you're just like, when's she going to get her Oscar? It's going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. Mm. So the English Amazon Prime, go check it out. Maybe don't go. Maybe don't watch two episodes in a row. It's a bit heavy, but (laughs) maybe just do one a night and, and you'll be fine. Mick, we're up to number three, right? I'm just writing that on my list. Yeah, yeah, if you could, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's a show that um, I'm not sure if either of you have heard of because it's a bit bit under the the covers this this year, but were either of you a fan of The Wire? Yes. Oh, I watched – I don't think I watched all the seasons. I think up to about two or three, but you watched all of them, didn't you? Oh, that's a good question. I remember watching (laughs) them because you had watched it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the the, the big – producer of The Wire and the creator of The Wire was David Simon um, and he came back this year on 2022 with a new series called We Own the City mm. and it's again based in Baltimore. Yes. Uh, his favourite city, well, the city where he, you know, he, he talked about in The Wire. Yeah. But this is based on a true story um, and it's a six-part series about a real-life case of basically bringing down the Baltimore Police Department Um from all the corruption, like mm, ridiculous yeah, corruption right. was going on. It was, a, it was a gun trace task force and these guys were like stealing drugs and money from people without like taking them back to the cop station, basically yeah. shoving it into their jackets yeah. and then going home and saying, hey, I'm rich. Uh, <laughs> you know, this sort of stuff was going on for real in, in the Baltimore Police Department while they were trying to like take down these gangs and, and drugs and violence. But So where the wire is... The why is cool in that it's, it shows all the different perspectives. Like you see the cops' perspective, the, the criminal perspective. You see all the different angles of it. Again, you sort of see that from the police angle, but you also see it from the FBI's angle, who are trying to catch these cops. Uh, this, this show would have been really higher up for my list, but it's it's actually quite hard to keep track of, and you really got to focus because it's not. It's, it's definitely not a show where you can have, you can yeah. do a puzzle. <laughs> Don't because- do a puzzle. <laughs> And, and and Steph, you probably remember the wire. Like, it's actually quite hard to understand what people are saying sometimes because they talk really yes, fast. Yes. Um, especially people in Baltimore. I think it was just like all the slang and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know? and the mm. accent on top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of that going on. I don't usually use subtitles. I actually hate them, but I Dude. sort of had to do it for this series just so I could keep a track of what's going yeah, on. Fair and enough. Keep a track of everyone's names and everything. But yeah, it's it is a pretty visceral and hard to watch thing. But then it, it, it's it's really interesting because it shows of real life and, and everything that happens it's all based on a true story mm. there's a few a bit of poetic license here and there but it's it's basically true um and it, and it sort of tracks a lot of the what happens with a lot black lives matter as well so when you know uh 
people have died in custody and then people yeah. are, and then there's riots and all that sort of stuff. So it ties into a whole lot of real life stuff as well, but it's from an angle of, you know, drama and, mm. you know, as well. But he, it, it just sort of, this show didn't get as much attention as I thought it would this mm. year. Uh, um, yeah, I don't think I even recognised the name, which is Yeah, yeah. And, and if you remember the first season of The Walking Dead, as I'm sure you do, Leah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's... Uh, there's Wayne, the, the character in the show called Wayne Jenkins is played by John Bernthal, who was oh, the yeah. guy yeah. who was in the very first season and a half, I think, yeah. of Walking Dead until he gets brutally killed yeah. by uh, or turns into, I think he turns. He, and, uh, he, yeah, I think he, I'm pretty sure he turns already. Yeah, That's right. He, but yeah. he, he's, he's, a, he's a really good nasty character like, yeah. and, he, yeah. and he is the main character in the show and he's such a good bad guy. So, yeah, definitely worth watching. Uh, but, yeah, it is hard to watch and it's sort of one of those ones you sort of have to, again, probably go episode by episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So you, you were saying it's based on a true story and it touches on sort of like that Black Lives Matter, so that would have been 2020. Was was it set around there or is it a bit earlier on? It's set sort of 2015 to oh, okay. 20, yeah, right. 20. So it actually does yep. come into the Trump administration as yeah, well, but sure. it's the investigators who are trying to catch what happened in the preceding four or five years mm. and, and they put the case together and it jumps around a lot. So it jumps from you know, future to back to middle and it, it, yeah. it is quite hard to keep yep. track of sometimes. Um, but once you get a, a hang of how it works and you, you, you sort of are along for the ride, but yeah. It's on um, binge, I think. Okay. So yeah, isn't it funny? Like you, you talk about oh, it jumps between all these different times. Like we are living in the era of jumping through mm. time in in narrative. Like the, it's it's not unusual for there to be three different timelines happening oh, yeah. in in a series. Yeah. You know, it's, or or a book or a film, but series seem to love it the most. They I do love it, and you've got to really be onto it because sometimes yeah. it's the difference of a haircut. Yeah, definitely. That tells you, oh, we're in a different <laughs> period and yeah. you're not focusing. And I like, think what is going on? I think that that was the uh, the main argument. I'm getting sidetracked, but that was the main argument for the first season of The Witcher uh, because they kind of withheld the fact that there was three different timelines with three different characters until mm. sort of two-thirds of the way through the season. Wow. Yeah, and people were like, what's going on? How is he there but he's not there and he doesn't know? Anyway, That's a risk because people could yeah. turn off. Yeah, like, but it was Her- Henry this. Cavill, so yeah. Yeah, pe- people went through. Number three? Number three for me is a show that started with an uh, investigation with Dateline and a podcast and then they made the program. The program's called The Thing About Pam. And I just happened to find it scrolling through one day on the Nine Now app. Yeah, right. And realized it was Renee Zellweger, completely transformed with prosthetics, um, completely transformed. And I thought, well, she's in it. Mm, that's, that's a, that's a good sign. Cool. Yeah, it makes you interested. Is this? Anyway, it's only six episodes long. I, I'm really into the six episodes. Limited, shows, limited, limited series. series. Okay. Basically what it is is a true story about a woman, Pam Hupp, who's played by Renee Zellweger, who allegedly murders her best friend and the twists and turns of her trying to cover her tracks and but she is such an intriguing character that she desperately wants to be in the, the centre of attention at all times. So but she, maybe not in a murder but investigation. But, but she wants to control it. So she gets in there and is talking to the police and to the journalists and all of this to try and control the narrative. But what actually happens is the spotlight not ends well, up right? on her. Far out. It does not end up well. Uh, true story. 
you can't believe what she gets away with, how nasty she is, but how she has this reputation of being lovely. But then as the story goes on, there are so many people who have come out being like, oh, that Pam Hop. <laughs> but it was so good that I watched the show, I could barely turn it off. And I immediately downloaded the podcast and really? listened to that as well because I thought, this is, yeah. I can't get enough. I, you're repeating the same story to me, but <laughs> yeah. I can't get enough. The voice narrator on the podcast narrates the TV show as oh, well. Oh, that's so really it has good. has this really intriguing, I like that. Um, almost not comical, but very theatrical Oh, really? Okay. In the terms of, you know, that narrator who comes in and kind of makes his own little quips like, oh, Pam, well, that didn't go the way that you thought oh, it was. Oh, so a touch of come dine with me narrator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> really <laughs> weird to have in that. Yeah. But it makes it, it gives it that quirk that I think yeah, it deserves right. for this show. Anyway, it's called The Thing About Pam. I found it on Nine Now. You can probably find still find it's it on probably there. probably all over the place. But it was a good one. Short, sweet, great story. And it Ooh. sounds like you got through it really, really I quickly. I got through it really fast. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, this is a bit difficult now. I'm going to be a bit uh, – see, my, my top – We never did these in order before, Leah, so it can just be any Okay, any good, order. good, good. Yeah, you don't have order. to – Okay, right. To okay, good, one. good. Because <laughs> I want to I wanna throw House of the Dragon in there because House of the Dragon is the prequel uh, to Game of Thrones mm. and Game of Thrones finished with such um, – bit of lackluster, people were not happy, storylines were not uh, embraced by, by, by the fandom <laughs> and uh, then when they announced that there were 45 different prequels mm. going into uh, pre-production and then only one ended up coming out, everyone was like, okay, fine. And I'd read the book. Yeah, uh, that the, this one was based on, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. It's about the Targaryen, sure. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just watch it. Couple of episodes in, and I was like, "You bested, you're bested." This is this is Game of Thrones. This is Game <laughs> this of is Thrones. This really is like good. proper Game of Thrones. I'm I'm into it. And there's they're- nothing like dealing with terrible feedback <laughs> by just kind of doing a redo. <laughs> Being like, forget that that one happened. We're going to give it a go. Let's give them a new one that they really want. They seem to like the Targaryens and uh, we accidentally did stuff to one of the Targaryens <laughs> the fans didn't want <laughs> in the end. So we're just going to make a whole show about Targaryens. And it's rewrite, gonna- <laughs> rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. <laughs> but it's really good. And one thing that I think people really like about Game of Thrones is the magic about yes. it. And by the end of it, you know, the, you had the White Walkers and you had the dragons and the direwolves and all that kind of thing. And they, and they kind of went, all right, well, we're slowly going to kill all these things off because then it's just going to be this world about like humans. And I think that's the thing that people were like, no, no, we like that stuff. We, we don't like, want the real world. No, we, we live like, here. We live here, but we love the, the politics and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But we also like all the dragons. So I put the dragons <laughs> back in. and uh, Even in the title. Yeah, even in the title. <laughs> and I think uh, the second season is going to start off rough because bad quick decisions were made mm-hmm. <laughs> in the season finale of season one and uh, it's gonna kick off and I'm very <laughs> excited to to kind of feel that you know oh I can't wait to see what happens in the next episode feeling that we had in the majority of Game of Thrones mm. uh, so I had I had to put it in there in in the top five and uh oh, 
Okay, I can move um, on now. I'm glad you put it in. I, I, I didn't only because uh, Julia, my wife, decided to call it the House of the Dragon because it sort of did drag <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, there were a couple of episodes that were a bit slow. I, I, I understand what she means there. Yeah, totally. But I, I, as an overall thing, like I agree with you, like it was Game of Thrones. It brought back that, it that felt like thrill it. and excitement of Game of Thrones. And like the first series of Game of Thrones, the first season was a setup for the rest. Yeah. I think it's, again, the same thing. It's set it up for what's to come and it's only going to get bigger and more exciting from here on. I mean, we know how it's ending, but it doesn't matter, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's uh, it's a lot better. We want to see that. We We want to see it happen. All right, number two, Mick, crack on in. All right. Oh, we have to two already. Yeah, I know. It's gone really quickly. This is my – oh, here's two. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I had to put this in, um, and it's very. I was very late onto this train. I'm talking about the Knives Out train. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't watch the first Knives Out for ages. Do you not know why I didn't watch? I'm going to blame my wife again. She oh, said, geez, I, "I said let's on. watch Knives Out." And she's like, "Oh, isn't that a musical?" I'm like, oh, "It's not a musical. It's like <laughs> a mystery. Thinking? It's like a." But she had it in her head it was a musical, and she hates musicals, so we never watch it. We never watch it. Never watch it. <laughs> then Glass Onion came out, which is the second Knives Out, and I said. Have you seen? There's a new another Knives Out. We want to watch this. He's like, oh yeah, let's watch that. I'm like, well, we got to watch the first one first. So, (laughs) not the musical, she said. (laughs) (laughs) So in the period of like three days, we watched the first Knives Out, which we both thought we thought was awesome. That's great. She's like, let's watch the second one. Second one. So we watched the second one, and then we liked the second one as well. But it was like the double, like putting them together like Mm. that was actually really cool. Mm. um, Interesting to, to see the evolution of where this is going because you know now it's going to be. Yes. It's going to be a yes. franchise. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel Craig's in a new franchise. Yeah. With his southern American accent. Bond um, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who? Did, did both of you watch the original Lies Out when it came yes. out? Not when it came out. No, I no, was, it was a, little, a while after. A little yeah. bit behind. Not because not we thought like it was a musical. Last week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, how how long ago was it? A couple of years now? Ninety nine, I think it came. Oh, okay. Two thousand nineteen. Okay. Oh, okay. No. No. Nineteen. No. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> they look so good. Um, no, I think probably twenty twenty, maybe twenty twenty or twenty one. I would have watched yeah. it. Yeah. And at that stage, because I'd seen it on, you know, your front page of it's Disney, right? No, it's Netflix, isn't Net- it? Yeah, Amazon. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix. Like I'd seen it on the front page, being like. Yeah, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. Never got around to it. And then when I finally did, I thought, why did it why, take me why this long? It, yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, totally. And and the cast, I mean, f- of, of both Huge. of them is just. Mm. I loved seeing Ed Norton as like Elon Musk type, <laughs> you know, really self-absorbed billionaire, you know, but just the the lines that he came out with and just, I mean, he looks, still looks young. Like he still looks Ed Norton 20 years ago. Yeah. I can't Do you reckon he could be in the looks. fight club again? But yeah, Kate, uh, Janelle Monáe was just awesome in, mm. in Glass mm. Onion. I thought she was fantastic, uh, and and the storyline is is a bit nuts. Um, but it's I love Daniel Craig's character so much. Benoit Blanc, you know, <laughs> which is weird for a Southern American yes. accent like guy. Don't, like, don't ever French, explain like, it. Yeah, I, just, you know, I love it. No one. Actually, I'd love a backstory of him. Like I'd like to know where he came from. Yeah. <laughs> There's season three of the prequel. Well, actually, that's probably a good idea. I wonder if they end up, um, if if they do that, if they end up, because I I feel like Agatha Christie was a massive influence. Oh, yes. But I wonder, I wonder if they really sort of delve into a whole heap of Agatha Christie's uh, 
you know, detectives, whether it's uh, Perrault or um, what's her name, Marple? Marple? Yes, Miss Marple. Yeah, Marple. Yeah, just go through all of those and just like do a big, like a mashup mm. with Daniel Craig's face. <laughs> that's, the, that's the character. Can I say that the awesome cameos in the show, not as in a great cast, you know, you've got uh, Kate Hudson, yes. Ed Norton, Batista, you know, he's all right, um, Daniel <laughs> yeah. Craig, you know, when I, um, but then there's these like little cameos from like uh, Stephen Sondheim. He's yeah. in like a Zoom call. Daniel Craig's in the bath. You got Stephen Sondheim. You got <laughs> Natasha Leone. You got Kareem oh. Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> and later that. on, there's like a cameo from Serena Williams and Ethan Hawke. Yep. It's yep. just like Hugh Grant. Like, what is going on in this show? It's, <laughs> I loved it. Um, it was nuts. It was really good holiday viewing, I reckon. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and funnily enough, speaking about holidays and Hugh Grant, so I had lined myself up ready <laughs> to watch Death to 2022 yeah. on Netflix. Oh they didn't God. make it. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, everything's back to normal. Don't need to do that. Yeah, we don't need to don't do worry it. About I was it. so disappointed. <laughs> Far out. Uh, number two for you. Number two for me is, oh, this is a really hard decision, but I'm going to go on the same sort of theme, but it's only murders in the building. <sighs> and it nice. is season two or just season the whole thing. Yeah. Look, the whole thing, yeah. I love the quirk of it. I, I even love the theme song of the building with the it's spotlight. Amazing. And it does have that Agatha Christie type feel about it. But the quirk of the characters, I mean, Steve Martin, M- Martin Short, that's a that's a tongue twister, isn't it? You think you've gotten something yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't Selena Gomez. The thing about, the thing about yeah, that trio is you've got, Steve Martin, Martin Short, who, you know, they've known each other for, what, probably 40 years by now, easily, and they've been in so many things together, including they've done tours where they've been on stage Mm. doing kind of a stand-up cabaret kind of thing together for for years. And then they get Selena Gomez in there and you're like, "Hmm, all right, this will be interesting. And it's almost like why has she not been there the whole whole time? time? (laughs) The whole time. And she's so dry. She has this voice. There's something about her speaking voice that you're just like, this is amazing. And and then Shirley MacLaine wanders in in season two. Yeah. And I think what gets me is the show in season one was so incredible. The twists you just didn't expect, the little – the little moments in there that were put in for purpose and you didn't get it until the end, what I really – give props to is when you think a season is fantastic and they can't, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. That's it. It's all wrapped up. It's done. They can't possibly come up with anything extra. They bring out season two and the quirks and the twists, <laughs> they just keep coming in. And think, it all is connected and to it's the first all season. You never think, knew that it could be. Yeah. yeah. And I desperately want to know, did you have this big yeah, picture of yeah. two seasons or did you go from season one and be like, Right, roll that <laughs> dice and let's let's make this yeah. work because there's so much in season two that you're like, well, that makes sense. Oh, God, I love that. I love that. It's such a good story. Such a good story. And I so glad of... you picked this because it was on yeah. my uh, show. Oh, good, oh, good. good. I, I got onto a bit late too, so I haven't actually finished season two. But, yeah, it's I love how it's all tying in. Yes. Yeah, it's so cool. And just being a part of their lives and Martin Short's just chaotic. <laughs> Oh, Isn't yeah. he always? <laughs> Chemistry. He just admits, he's just like, I'm glad I'm not there, but I'm I'm glad I'm watching it. Yeah, uh, yeah no, that's really, I'm, I'm glad you put that on there because it meant that I can now free <laughs> it up and I want to talk about 
one of my favourite shows of the whole year mm. and it is Australian and it is on ABC iView and it is Kitty Flanagan's Fisk. Oh, oh yeah, nice. love it. Nice. Season one was amazing and I, I was a little late to that so I ended up watching the whole thing all in one go mm-hmm. on, on iView. It was, it was amazing. But this one I had to wait week to week. <laughs> that. <laughs> Julia Zamera. How did had- we ever survive growing oh up waiting God. week to week? Honestly, um, Marty Sheargold, like the, the whole entire cast of that is just Australian comedy and even a little bit of Home and Away. I won't get into it for people who haven't watched it. But And Fast Forward, Full Frontal, like there's a lot of uh, comedy Australian royalty in there. Uh, it's like Utopia. It, yeah. You can yep. go back and watch it again. Nice. And you'll get more out you of it. you get more out yeah. of it and you'll just enjoy it. And I really want them to make more. And I feel like just based on the lineup that they've kind of been advertising for, for, for this year, I really feel like um, the ABC has put a lot of their budget into Australian comedy this year. Great. Is it Auntie Donna show coming? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about potentially more Fisk. There's definitely more Utopia coming. Oh, there is more Utopia coming? Season five's coming. So we're going to have Rhonda. Rhonda's back. (laughs) More Kitty Flanagan for us. Is it Utopia without Rhonda? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. But um, it's just I love – I really loved Fisk and I – as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, that's – in fact, it was the first thing I put on my top five. I was yes. like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where it's going to sit. It's probably going to stay in there. Yeah. It probably won't be an honourable mention. It's going to stay in there. And, um, yeah, we've got we've gone to the new year and it and, and it's, stuck, it's stuck in there. Yeah, awesome. Oh. I, I think it's the writing. The writing's really well done. It's and so good. Yeah, directed by Kitty Flagnett Fennigan as well. She does a lot of writing. There's mm. some awesome talent on there. Like Australian comic writing is great. It's and I think really that good. we need to invest more time and money into like Australian yes. comedy series. Like, yeah. We've always had some great shows, but at least the ABC does it. No one else really does. Yeah, I know. Uh, do, do you remember Do you remember when um, – so I'm trying to think of the, the timeline. I think it was Big Girl's Blouse. Mm-hmm. Was was that sketch comedy show that uh, Magda, yes. Gina, and Jane did together? Mm-hmm. And there was a, a sketch in there about Kath and Kim. Yes, and then that was on Channel Seven. And then the ABC picked up the the Kath and Kim show for what three, maybe four seasons, yes. yeah. and then it went over to the Channel Seven. And the pacing was different because it had to fit in ads mm. and it wasn't the same. Mm. And I really think that that pacing on the ABC comedies really works because they don't have any ads. Yeah, they can just tell the story and have the chaos. Yeah. And it's not even just the chaos. It's slightly mundane. Oh, it's mundane chaos. It just sort of rolls. It rolls, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, yeah, you don't need to have that. The break. Or so I think when they have the break, they feel like they have like a punchline at the end or yeah. something leading into it. Like very sitcom esque, yeah. isn't it? Where you're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mick, what's your what what's what's your last in this uh, top five? What's your number one? Do you reckon? Well, I'm gonna stick on the Australian train here. Um, and I'm going to get nostalgic and I'm going to go back to my 90s and I'm going to go back to a show that we all know and love. And it's oh. Heartbreak High. Oh, I thought you were going to say Neighbours. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> it's finished. Cancelled. Cancelled. I know I'm too old for Heartbreak High now. In the year 2022 slash 23, yeah. I know that I shouldn't be watching a show that's aimed at teenagers. Um, 
it does not for me, but it brings it, it was mm. like we're talking about Australian shows, and I love supporting Australian comedy and, and shows and music, as you know. You know, getting to watch a show like this was you know, all in 2022 was so cool because. Not only are the fashions all the same as the nineties, yeah, right. It really was, but but it brought up all the topics that you know kids are dealing with nowadays. Which you know, whilst a lot of them are the same, they're not all the same. The world has changed. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. things are a lot different, and and I think this is a great opportunity for people who are older to go back and look and appreciate. Well, sorry, go go and look at what Mm -hmm. kids are dealing with now. Just like wouldn't twenty thirty years ago, they were looking at the same thing as what people were dealing with then. So I just loved it as a. A whole package that they could bring this show back. They got a whole bunch of diverse characters in the cast. Mm. It's funny. It's it's just really well written. Um, it's set, it's set around Sydney, so I can see like things in the background which <laughs> yeah. I always like. Been and, there. Um, I like that. I really like that. I know where yeah. they are. Yeah, I know that. I've been on that street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, and it's but, and it's bringing a whole lot of young Australian actors a chance. Yeah, to, to, yeah. To mm. get exposure, and we're already seeing them get opportunities outside of that. So yeah, look, it, it, I don't think it's the most perfectly written show or you know there's a lot of things that could have been done better but i just think it's the start of something really good and even if it goes for three or four seasons whatever but Mm. it was just a really solid first season but what they also did was that they uh this was on netflix they also put up all of the original uh, heartbreak highs yeah so i was yeah like i i was watching some of the really old seasons i watched all of the first original season i watched all of the first New season, and I, I I sort of checked out. Uh, I can't even remember what season it was, but it was it was ones that we we definitely watched. And funnily enough, our our mum is an art teacher, and she taught like obviously around Sydney, mm. and she knew a lot, of, not a lot, but a fair chunk of the kids that were in the later seasons, like around the time of Drasic. Mm. Yeah. Because they all went to a school that she taught at, <laughs> so there must have been like a big cast. Like the, yeah. the cast ABC casting crew must have gone down to this school and gone, "All right, let's just do a whole heap of auditions." Because there were there was probably about four, <laughs> yes. maybe five of them yes. in there, which just was a lot for an ensemble cast. But what I like about the this new season of of Heartbreak High is it even the writing felt like it was the same as. The mm. original season. That's got to be hard to do. Mm. Yeah. Many years yeah. down the track. How do you get that same How do you feel, do that, that while same... still making it feel, you know, like like updated. Mick said, updated. They were talking about real issues that, 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 that are affecting kids today. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I think Gracie Otto has really got a, a lot of credit for the way she directed a lot of the episodes. She didn't direct them all, but I think she was really involved in the mm, show. Yeah. She's a really, really good writer. And I think the original uh, writers were involved as well in this. Oh, that yeah. would make sense. That does so, make a yeah, lot of they, sense. They did jump in and, and do some writing. So, that, yeah, mm. cool credit to them getting the original writers in back as well. So, yeah. And and uh, one of the actors, a spider from the show, he's in a band that I've gone and seen. Oh, and I went really? And saw them. They're in a band called Mac the Knife and all these girls came to the show wanting to see Spider <laughs> oh. from Heartbreak High because it was in this like local punk band in Sydney. Yeah. It was like it was so cool to watch. And I was like, this is like, you know, art imitating life. Like they're all like cheering for this guy on stage and he was just like a normal guy <laughs> playing music. It was really cool. Oh, that I just had a flashback to years ago. It was just after Heartbreak High would have finished mm. and, you know, I was out with, with friends and we were, I don't even know where we were, maybe somewhere in Glebe or something. We went into this 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 pub bar thing and and the the bartender was on heartbreak high and I was like <laughs> and then but I wanted to act cool so I was like oh uh, hi 
person I don't know. I feel really Definitely asking you to serve me. all the episodes, but I don't know exactly your backstory or your character's backstory, but can I just have like, you know, whatever for my friends, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From one extreme to the other, right? So good. Yeah. Uh, Steph, what's your, what, what's your last uh, My pick? last one is... Season two of The Flight Attendant. Oh, now, I've forgotten show, about this show. I don't know if you've obviously seen it, Lara, oh, and yeah. if you've seen it, Mick. I would have put I, this on my honourable mentions. I do feel like this show didn't get the emphasis that it deserved. Especially it, the first season. Especially the first season. Um, it's about a, a flight attendant oh. who is a little bit of, I guess she's a lost cause. She's drinking heavily, travelling around the world, you know, no sort of responsibility in her life and she witnesses a murder and she's basically quite close she witnessed it quite close quite close oh. it's in right next to her <laughs> <laughs> right. That um, close. Yeah. Yeah. and she then becomes obviously suspect one and a chase around the world it's a really clever show and season two, like I was saying with Only Murders in the Building, where you feel like a show is so wrapped up and it was really clever with, within its own little circle, its own bubble, you can't believe how a season two could work and work well. So I watched season two a little bit ambivalent thinking, I don't know how this is going to happen. And it got me almost from the beginning where they showed you the twists in her character and how she was essentially the same person, but she was using her flaws to create successes in her life and still failing at it. I thought, I'm in. I'm in with this. And it was another clever mystery. It was great. And the twists were wonderful. You love a good twist, don't you? I do love a good twist. I say it all the time. This one... I know you said, Mick, before you don't like subtitles. I live with subtitles on because I live with (laughs) really noisy children (laughs) and I like to watch stuff when they're like playing boring games so I can have the volume down and still read the show even when they're yelling and screaming. I know what's going on in my show. (laughs) There was a scene in it where it happened so fast and it was so pivotal I had the subtitles on and I couldn't believe it <laughs> that I actually rewound it to watch it again. It was like the moment in Harry Potter where Dumbledore dies and, and you like, turn what? the page and you're like, no, that's not right. <laughs> that didn't happen. I'll just keep reading. You're like, hang on, hang on, that did happen. You keep like, go back the page to read that Dumbledore did die. It was like that moment and you couldn't believe it. So mm. I put that on my top five because I thought it's a show that was underrated, didn't get the emphasis it deserved. But I would suggest it. I think I watched it. I watched both seasons back to back. Because I was telling you for ages, you, you t- have yeah. to watch this. So I, I, I cracked into it. And um, honestly, you can watch that those two seasons as one season. Oh, yeah. And the end of the second season really does feel like it's wrapped up. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? How many episodes we got in each season? Oh, let me double check that one. I'm going to guess about eight to ten. It's, okay. it's, it's kind of like the the new the new average amount, like not not yep. heaps. Um, there's oh, a, you could watch a whole season like you like fifteen or oh yeah or eight yeah. There's eight. There episodes. you go. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- th- there's this pacing to it, and mm. the theme music's really good. Like yes. you're talking about, you know, we're talking about theme music before. The theme music is amazing, and and if you go back and watch the theme, it's sort of a bit cartoony. It's artworky. 
you know, it's kind not like sort of Mad showing. Men kind yeah, of, a bit yeah. Mad Men esque. If you look at it and you look at it really carefully, there are clues the whole oh, way really? through the theme okay. to what is going to happen. Ah. And when you notice at the beginning, you're like, "There's a goat." I don't know where a goat could possibly come into this <laughs> in show. In a show about a flight but attendant. It, but yeah, yeah, but it's going to come in. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's really good. Totally worth uh, putting on there. What were you going to say, Meg? Sorry, before you get into yours, Leah, I, I believe I'm, I still owed one more. I think I've done four. So you've got one and now I've, I've got one. Yeah, go on, I go th- on. I think you said I hadn't done my I'd done my last one, but I was like. I was oh, sorry, one. sorry. I think I've got one to go. <laughs> but that's okay. You go. You got your last one and now I've got my last one. All oh, right. Go either way, either well, way. I mean, we could we could have the same one because I, I picked season two of The White Lotus. Is that yours? <laughs> no. My, no, I, oh, I changed okay. it because yeah, I knew yeah, someone yeah. else would yeah, have it. Yeah. But I, I very nearly, I mean, this, this is. Pretty much in my list, but I couldn't yeah. double up with you. I could double up with you. We can just double up. So when are we just <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you what I was going to have afterwards. As well. Yeah, okay. But, this go. this is um, obviously the second season. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely enjoyed the first season more just because of the Aussie character, like the main character mm. in, in the first one. I just loved his uh, chaotic energy. But having Jennifer Coolidge back again and a whole heap of new characters and Aubrey Plaza was there, yeah. it, was, it was just amazing. And I really love the fact that at the end of it, without giving away anything, I'd be very surprised if there's not a third season. In fact, I know that they have announced a third mm. season. I think mm-hmm. I know where it's set too. <gasps> Tell me. Where, 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 where? I've heard yeah. it's set in Osaka or Ooh. Kyoto, one of those. It's in Japan. That's Not Osaka. Nice. But, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard is it's, they've settled on Japan. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I like that. that. Yeah. I liked that season two had that same sort of feel and rhythm of the first season and you the first season you spent many episodes just trying to understand who these characters were yeah you know you'd already had a glimpse as to what the ending was going to be but you kept wondering how it was going to get there with season two you already knew that format of mm. the white lotus mm. so you're watching these characters being like how's it going to get there what's <laughs> going to happen because your glimpse from at the beginning of season two is so minimal Oh, Every yes, episode, so I was, we were like, who's going to die? Who's yeah, going to die? Yeah. Like, you're just trying to guess who's going to die. Who's the murderer? Who's the murderer? Yeah. Who's yeah. going to die? Who's it's almost it? sidelined, though, who's going to die? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're so right. Yeah, there, there, was a, there, there was even like discussion, well, we don't know. I mean, the foot the foot and the, the, the ankle that didn't look hairy. Oh, yeah. But could have been we, we had deep discussions. <laughs> I'm sure that was a female. Like, no, it wasn't. That was definitely oh, a male. You can't left. tell. You can't tell. It was too fast. It was too fast. She was very upset when she found it. Uh, no, um, Was she pretending to be upset? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. But, no, I thought it was um, a great season and I love that everybody was talking about it yes. as well. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what more? What has ended the zeitgeist more in 2022 than White Lotus? Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's it's – sparked so many conversations and just got everyone talking about yes. it. memes galore but it's you know i love those sort of shows when everyone gets involved yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. including some of the actors uh i saw yeah. them tweeting insta uh, on instagram as well uh post a few things that i don't want to say too much but were referencing the the final episode mm. and and that that was a lot of fun to uh, be part of because you know then you didn't feel like you'd missed out because you weren't spoiled because you were watching along with everyone yes. else Week to week, that's that's where it is. All right, Mick, drum roll. All right, and this is a, this is one of my favorites, and you know I love music, Leah. Um, and I couldn't go past this. Came out this year, uh, Trainwreck, Woodstock, <gasps> ninety nine. Oh. oh my god! 
gosh, I like, love this so much. I forgot about this. Oh my gosh, thank you for putting this on here. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it made me go. I mean, we love a we love a festival disaster, right? I mean, we all saw the fire festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was a splendor this year. That was a disaster too. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I was actually living it. But, but when you watch Woodstock '99, you realize, oh my god, how did this? festival even happen yeah, how did this even get off the ground um it blew my it blew my mind because when they did woodstock when they you know had that festival there was people just recording there was video cameras everywhere which is pretty unlikely in 99 because no yeah. one had phones yeah. so yeah. people were recording themselves but they actually people were just recording it as a memory which is great because mm. you know it's a pretty big event yeah uh, the original woodstock was massive right so i thought maybe we can do it again i don't think they expected <laughs> when they were recording Woodstock 99, that would become this like trash fire documentary. <laughs> you know, that, this footage that they had um, accumulated was going to become pivotal to, I mean, you could almost just accuse the creators of Woodstock from just like, you know, I don't know what happened. Like it was, it was a disaster. And it was just so amazing to watch um, piece by piece. There's only three episodes in this. It was like a. Yeah. But there was only uh, three know, days, right? Well, that's it. That's mm. right. Each each episode was one day, mm. and it just and it just the transition from uh, okay, we're here. It's on a friggin' air force base for one thing. Let's it's just put it concrete. on concrete. It's stupidly hot. <laughs> we're talking like forty oh, plus degrees. So dumb. Uh, we're gonna have really heavy bands mm. uh, egging on the audience mm. who are drinking and drinking and drinking, and there's no water. The water, the, the pipes stopped walking, working. You couldn't get free water. You had to pay for it. It was like $4 oh, dollars a bottle or something oh my in God. 99. It, it, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of flashbacks for me to, to other festivals. I think there's <laughs> yeah, some pretty man. horrendous yeah. moments in festivals. But I look at this and just go far out. Like you would, to, to be at that festival would have been an, obviously a, a moment in your life because mm. you've been there. You're seeing these bands. You're experiencing this shit shit show of a festival <laughs> but i mean you'd never forget it and i remember seeing at the end of the, the doco it was like people were saying i had the best time in my life i've never <laughs> taken it back like they were happy to be there even though it was so so terrible such a massive mess yeah it's <laughs> oh, funny because we were i remember that we paid for the mm. pay-per-view so we watched the three days on mtv or whatever it was you watched it originally yeah, yeah. and it looked yeah. great like I was you just didn't so get anything you got none of that you didn't get any sense that anybody was miserable. No, it made no. it look like you wanted to be there. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And and I was like always bummed, like, why couldn't I have been at that festival? And now you go, well, no, I'm uh, really glad, glad I, I didn't. Uh, whose idea was it to hand out 100,000 candles to the audience at the end of a festival on uh, Chili Peppers Played? We're going to give it on candles. Because fire, what can go wrong? Yeah, these kids are just the same as the ones that were at the original Woodstock. Look at all the hippies in the audience, you know, moshing to Limp Biscuit and corn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, there was a lot. I mean, the lineup was ridiculous. They didn't even show right, Rage Against the Machine played at that festival, and they didn't even talk to them. I think a lot of bands just said, "No, we don't want to be part." Yeah, of it. yeah well, I remember they were talking. You know, we we watched mainly for for Alanis Morissette. I remember at the mm. time, and I don't even think she was mentioned. In fact, I was going through the lineup because I googled the lineup, and they actually skipped over her. So it makes sense that they skipped over Rage uh, Against the Machine as well. They obviously yeah. were like, "No, fine. well, I guess." <laughs> Maybe perhaps the crowd that went and saw Alanis Morissette were slightly different. But they might less, have left. Yeah, I guess less angry than the Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. That Limp perhaps. Biscuit concert just yeah. like their their show just seemed 
dangerous. Intense. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess that was a, good, a great part of this doco as well is that they really portrayed it and, and the, the way they interviewed everyone and they led up to it, like it was really well put together. And there was no narrator either. It was no. all just interviews. Mm. So yeah. It was really well done. Um, yeah, so that was one that late came to my list. I sort of nearly forgot about it as well and I went, oh, my God, of course, that came out. So, yeah. Um, so, Yeah. I'm really okay. glad that you, you you brought that one up because I'd forgotten about it and I remember at the time watching it and just enjoying it so much mm. and then just wanting to talk about it with people because <laughs> yeah. I was like, but you didn't understand. Like I yeah. watched this for three days and it was nothing like this and these were all the things that happened that we Behind didn't see. Behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, my gosh. And also things and people and bands and singers that you completely forgot about and it just like oh, snapped yes. you back to 1999 yep. again and you're like, whoa. Cheryl Crow, how about that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> know. And the names that you're like, how are they a headliner? <laughs> yeah, Lisa. <laughs> At least Cheryl Crow, you knew. Yeah. Did rock. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was like, he had a big. Uh, I remember watching that and just thinking, his show's going forever. He's going second to finish. Uh, amazing top fives. Just having a, a, a run through all of them mentally in my head right now. Mm. We didn't double up. No. Apart from an honorable mention, I think they were all. So mm. there's, there's at least, I'd say, 20. Watching suggestions. It's been a good year of TV. Yeah, it has. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for this year as well. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always more to come, right? It's a matter of trying to work out what to watch. And you guys give me some amazing suggestions as well, so stuff that I can check out. I know, you're going to watch Below Deck, aren't you? I've I've been writing it down as well. (laughs) Triangle of Sadness. Maybe not that one, Steph. (laughs) I I think I watched like half an episode and went, no, I can't do it. It's too real. All right, so this has been a lot of fun, and it's time to uh, now not only wrap this up but start your list for oh my goodness (laughs) this year. Unfortunately, (laughs) it never ends. This train never ends. (laughs) Uh, On that note, thank you very much, Steph. Thanks for having and Mick. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. 